Good morning. Welcome to the bridge. Uh, so thankful for a beautiful day to come out and worship uh, on the side of the hill here at the bridge. And I have you all to show up today, bring your kids. Hopefully they enjoy their time in their class today with Ernie, the father-in-law. Uh, some of them, whenever I tell them that uh, Ernie is Leslie's dad, they just look at me like, really? They, they don't understand that uh, generational difference, even though Ernie and Leslie are a whole lot alike. Yep, there we go. That was Karen, I think. Um, she, she's agreeing on that one. Um, we are in the Generational Gap series and looking uh, to the scripture to teach us some things about how to act, how to live with each other with differences, and to come in unity through Jesus Christ. And these generational gaps are something that we've been exposed to for the last per several weeks, and this is week four. Uh, we got a couple more weeks to go, and then we'll head off into another uh, standalone sermon and then follow that up by another sermon series. So we're excited uh, for the other things that God's going to teach us for the next few weeks on this generational gap issue. Uh, we started off on Easter, and what a great time at Easter service out at the high school, and just an awesome opportunity to see uh, several people uh, come to know Jesus and to seek him while he may be found. Generational gaps, we're living in a world of divisions because we're prone to that naturally through our human nature. And our human nature is to divide, but the God of heaven is the, of heaven and earth, he is the great uniter. And he seeks today for us to join together and link arm in arm and hand in hand to move forward and to transition from the ages of division and head towards unity. And we've taken our verse for this sermon series through Malachi, ending the Old Testament, the last two verses of the Old Testament. So if you're turning your Bibles to the prophet Malachi, chapter 4, it's the last chapter in the Old Testament. Verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So as we seek the truth out of these verses, how that these verses are showing us through the Old Testament prophet that God had spoke to him and told him that there was a day coming where things would change. And it is something for us to understand and see that today in our lives that we need to look forward to a better day. That need we need to look to God and seek a answer to our problems. That we would seek to unite and not divide. And in workplace, in life in general, we see so many things that divide generations. And there's all kinds of things you can study about the differences in generations and how that they've termed us in these past few years that they've termed these generations of different things and how that one generation, the, the senior adults, and I need to get closer so I can see it. So if you're age 71 or older, you're known as the builder generation. If you're age 52 to 70, you're known as the baby boomers. 
If you're age 37 to 51, you're Generation X. Age 22 to 36, you're Generation Y. Age 7 to 21, you're Generation Z. And ages 7 under, a lot of those inside of there, they're known as Generation Alpha. Alpha. How many is bullied by the people in that room in there? Parents, amen. Good amen in the house, amen. <laughs> we know they've named them right. That, that'll be okay. And there's nothing wrong with understanding who you are and studying to know your differences as far as our makeup and how we uh, are designed and knowing those differences. But study to know those differences, to know that there's answers to how that you can unite and you ca can come together on issues. That it's not about division, it's just understanding. So there's nothing wrong with these terms as far as saying that people are from different terms according to their age group. But we should not use those things to say that I'm not like you, I will never be like you, and I don't want to be like you. Amen? We should come together under the house of God to say that we seek to unite and not divide. Jesus came to save the lost, not a certain generation. Amen? He come to seek and save all those who would come to him. So age does not matter in the kingdom of heaven. And a lot of things I've read throughout studying the Bible is sometimes we don't know. Some people say, you know, that whenever we get to heaven, maybe we'll be like we was when we were 16 years old. Or some people say we'll be like we was maybe when we reached the age of 30. That there's an a age that we don't understand that age will not be a thing in heaven. But it will be a glorious place. And it's a place we should seek to go. So you should desire heaven for eternity. And the thing is, eternity is a, is a state of being. So eternity, heaven is a place. Eternity is a state of being. So if you come to know Jesus today and you decide to follow him and walk after him and change your ways to become more like him, you are beginning your place of existing in eternity here. Amen? Your eternity begins today. So if you've been saved for several years, your eternity began upon your acceptance of Jesus. Eternity is forever. So my eternal heaven is my destination, but I can begin eternity today, a new way of living. Aren't you glad that Jesus changed you when you become saved? that you put off the old man and took on the new man to become a new creature in Christ Jesus, that my old ways are passed away, and behold, everything become new is what scriptures say. So as we look at that and think about that, that these generational differences, yes, there can be terms that are placed upon people according to age group, but that doesn't define who I have to be. Amen? It might determine what my makeup is or my characteristics are, but that doesn't determine how I act. My identity in Jesus Christ determines how I act. The Bible says move, dwell, and have my being. That's what Jesus does on the inside of me. He changes me because my mouth will get me in trouble, but Jesus coming through the act of the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of you, when you're getting ready to smart off or say something back or be snippy, the Holy Spirit will check you and say you need to be quiet a minute. Step back, hold up, don't say that yet, it's trouble. Before the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you got by with it because nobody checked you. 
And the, and the enemy of our souls, the devil, wanted you to say some things that you ought not to have said. New Testament tells us that let our yea be yea and our nay be nay. Let our words be few. Our mouths get us in trouble. So in studying for this sermon series, I found several articles about generational gaps and, and different things. And I want to read just this one statistic today. It's from an article that I read, and I just snipped a little portion out of it. And the Pew Research Center study found that 79% of Americans see major differences between younger and older adults in the way they look at the world. 79% see major differences between younger and older adults in the way they look at the world. Anybody agree with that? I think 79% of us here today probably thinks there's a major difference from that generation or this generation or the generation before me and my generation. We can all look at each other and say there's major differences. And that's nothing new. The Old Testament says in Ecclesiastes there's nothing new under the sun. It's always been this way. A generation comes and a generation goes. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. It's the way it is that life goes on can anybody say amen that we witness this and there's hard parts there's good parts there's all kinds of things there's some ups and there's mountains and there's valleys and there's all these things as we live through life so we see these major differences yes they are there but they are are they so much difference today than there's ever been no because in the same pew research they done back in 1969 only 74 percent perceived major differences so back then even in the 60s how many lived in the 60s? Anybody? Anybody live in the 60s? I know you're out there. Some of you are probably ashamed to say that you live in the 60s. Okay, there's some of our 60 people. There's some there's some Jesus people out there. They was known as Jesus people. Uh, any, any hippies? Amen. Some good hippies out there. We need some in our world. Amen. They caused us to change in some ways for the better. So thank God for the years through the 60s. But this poll found that 74% were different. And as we go through all these generations, you can study each of those generations that's ever lived on the planet Earth, and there's always been something changing. Because even prior to the 60s, you go back and, and you, you get when Elvis was shaking his leg, and we've seen that on Forrest Gump. We know it's true, right? It's on the movies. It's, it's got to be true. So uh, Forrest Gump shaking his leg, everybody starts shaking their leg. And all through the 50s, just things shifted through time. It happens that every generation. So in doing this Pew research, they looked and said, okay, well, if there's differences, what are the differences? Today, it's different when we're saying that there's differences because former generations that said there were differences saw the differences as major divisive issues. But that's not the case today. There's still differences but they're not as divisive as they once were. That is partly because of the areas of difference. The top areas of disagreement between young and old today, according to the Pew Research Study, are the use of technology and the taste of music. The major difference today between generations is the use of technology, number one. How many can say an amen to that? Amen. I was, I was talking last, this week. I was down at the courthouse and, and talking to one of the bailiffs. Uh, he was my uh, middle school coach. 
uh, gym teacher and uh, Larry Riley. I don't know how many of you know him, but uh, Larry, uh, good guy, great coach, great teacher, good person, in my opinion. Uh, treated everybody with uh, just dignity and respect. I think the world of him. Uh, and Larry was telling me that he, you know, talking about different things. We just communication, you know, talking to somebody. You stand there talking. Next thing you know, he's talking about that he had his phone out and and he got so jammed up that he couldn't even get it to work. And he's got a smartphone. How many has a hard time working a smartphone? Amen. A smartphone's supposed to be smart, but it seemed pretty dumb to me sometimes because it won't do what I want it to do. And I know I'm just 40-some years old, but sometimes it seems like technology is leaving me. And I've been somebody that most of my life has been someone that tried to stay on the forefront of technology. I try to stay ahead of it. I, I read. I, I try to learn about things. I don't want to get left behind. So uh, Larry was talking about that, how that his phone got jammed up, and his four-year-old grandkid picked up his phone. Here, here, let me fix that for you. And she fixed his phone and got it back. Four-year-olds are teaching I don't know how old he is. He's probably 60s, I guess, and 60-year-olds how, how to act on their cell phone. How amazing is that? So that's kindly divisive a little bit, but thank God for kids that can fix us and get us out of a mess. Amen. Let's, let's give the kids in the room a good amen and say thank you for helping us with technology. Um, and I've my secretary at work, she makes fun of me all the time. She says she remembers the day when me and Eric Kirby walked in uh, to work and we we was bragging, you know, making fun of people who was out there and had uh, cell phones and just laughing at them. Oh, that'll never be me. I'll never have one. Look at them stupid people over there with phones and they're carrying it around with The phone's supposed to be hooked in the wall on the house, and you go in and you've got a cord on it, and you pick it up, and you can only go so far with it. You shouldn't be tethered uh, by whatever, and you need to be just stick to the phone in the house, right? And we made fun of people when they first started carrying them. Even though I had a bag phone in my car that wouldn't work, I just thought it looked cool. Amen. You're cruising the strip up Portsmouth. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever cruise the strip? Amen. Up, you go up and down the avenue up there and, and turn around. And But even if the phone didn't work, still you had an antenna on your car and you had a bike phone laying in there. It's like, man, that's cool. That's awesome. Couldn't call anybody, but at least I have one. Um, so make fun of these people's cell phones. And then next thing you know, technology forces us to move. Amen. It forces us to move, even sometimes when we don't want to. And I, I remember mom just a few years ago, you know, not having Facebook. And we had to church. We had these Facebook pages and different things. And we had groups. And we was doing all these things to try to make sure to communicate with everybody, to tell everybody what's going on and all this. Mom's like, well, you don't ever tell me. And I'm like, yeah, you got a landline phone. And you don't have a smartphone. And you don't have Wi-Fi at your house. And you never get on. And you won't get on Facebook. I hate Facebook. That's for the, you know, that's the devil. Now she wears you out. She's on Messenger, and she'll send you 75 posts a day. That's okay. Love you, Mom. She's watching. Hi. Love you, Mom. Everybody say, we love you, Bonnie. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Got to love some Bonnie. Praying Bonnie's good for us all. But now she's she's transitioned in, right? It, it sucks us in whether we like it or not. Howie is a prime example, too, my brother. He he made fun of everybody's cell phone. Look at him poking and gouging. He always said, you know, look at him. Ah, they can't get their head out of the screen. Next thing you know, Someday, Howie just ends up getting a phone. Whenever Howie gets a phone, guess what? He's sitting out there on his porch, poaching and gouging just like everybody else. Amen. We transition because we have to. Technology does divide us a little bit, but we all come around. Some of us a little later than others, but we will transition. So I'm glad. I'm glad 
that that's one of the most divisive things for this generation that we're living in. Everybody say it's getting better. Amen. Now, what we say is, I've never seen it this bad. All oh, the world is coming to an end. I can see it written in the sky. And it's never been like this before. And we just all walk around gloom and do, I can't believe they act like they act. And that generation, what are we going to do when we're laying in the nursing home? And if that generation's got to take care of me, what's it going to be? Oh, I just don't know. Amen. We need to be thankful that that's the most divisive thing amongst us is technology. A piece of junk cell phone or a computer or some software or whatever. If that's the worst thing we got against us, amen, we're in good times. Why? Because Jesus is uniting us and we don't even recognize it. Why? Because we're not smart enough to hear what he's doing amongst us. He's uniting the church for such a time as this. And I'm grateful for that. So as I think through those generations, and yes, I know some builders. I know some people in their 70s and I look to them for wisdom. Amen? I look to them and I ask them questions. Why? Because I don't want to have to learn the school of hard knocks that they've already learned the lesson. Learn from them. They built things. And if you don't study history, you're destined to repeat it. Destined to repeat it. This generation can be different if we teach them in their how to learn from our mistakes. How many would like to see them not have to live the pain that you've lived? How many would like to transition knowledge and wisdom and understanding and biblical principles to a generation that needs to know Jesus as truth and a way of life that is better than anything else? I hope and pray you never have to go through. Teenagers, I hope and pray you never have to experience the pain that I've experienced. I hope you never have to learn the lessons that I learn. If you'll listen to me, I promise you won't have to. If you listen to those older than you, I encourage all of you. And sometimes it's harder amongst family. I know. We love you, Rita. But I'm sure them little grandkids sitting right here has a hard time listening to you. If I have a hard time listening to Rita, right? Amen down here. There we go. We've got a horn blowing. There's one over here, Grin, anyway. Amen. Then ask Bonnie. Go over and ask Cindy. Cindy will help you, I promise you. There's people sitting here today that's got some wisdom that you can get from them and garner from them and take to your life and learn from them. Don't experience. Learn from their pain, their mistakes. I promise you they want to pass it on to you so that you don't have to. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be in a church that loves everybody. Amen? You can pull in this parking lot. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your age. It don't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter anything. We just love God and love people. That's an awesome thing. I, I, it's something we have to live out. It's something we have to expect. And it's something we have to want to do. Because it's easy to say, well, no, your, your skin color is different than me. You're, you're of a different group. No. We have to decide today. I don't want to be divisive. I want to unite because that's what Jesus wants. So second up was use of music, or taste of music. Use of technology, number one. Second was taste of music. Cindy, did your mom like your taste of music when you was a teenager? Probably not. Mm -mm, no. 
David, did did your dad you know get down with your get jiggy with it or whatever that you was listening to when you was a teenager? Probably not, right? Dennis, how about it? Was your dad out there shaking a leg? No, no, didn't go down like that. So, generational music is nothing new. I promise you that. And I, but I was always one that I I could kind of fit in wherever I went to. I could go to a bluegrass concert and like it i kind of like bluegrass i could go to church and listen to good old hymns sung i, I kind of like that you know I, I could go get on the strip and listen to sir mix a lot and i was okay with that amen i i was across genres i could get around just about anywhere and if tasting music is one of our major divides that has always been we know how to get through that you know how to get through that let it be amen let it be don't fight against it. Don't say you have to listen to music like my taste. You have to be like me. The way to beat that in this generation, just let it go, man. It's going to be okay. I, it doesn't matter to me about their style of music. It's okay. If they like rap or they like rock and roll or they like what, let it be. Stop trying to force our way on everybody else because the second you start mandating things, is the second you begin to divide things. And we just let it go. I, there's some good Christian rap out there. Albie likes it. I don't know why, but Albie does like it. And Dusty kindly likes it with her just because he likes pleasing Albie, you know. It's all about Albie, you know, in, in Dusty's world. And that's okay. Cause we, and the thing is, wherever they go to, what's what's the fest they go to? Winter Jam, every, every year they go down to Winter Jam, and I, I love it because, you know, sometimes older people will come to church and they haven't been around church or know much about church, and they'll come to church and they're like, oh, yeah, the kids are going to go down for a concert. This is going to be great. I'm going to go down with them. So I'm just going to jump in and, oh, I'll haul some of them, and they just ride with me, and it's going to be so great, a bunch of teenagers in my car. It's just, oh, it's glorious, the church. And you get down there to Winter Jam and get rep arena full of people and I don't know, thousands of people, and you get down there, and then they begin to rap, and they're all sitting there like, what did we sign up for? What is going on here? Is Jesus in this? Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. If his name is glorified, style does not matter. Amen. Style does not matter. I'm grateful to belong to a church that if Leslie wants to sing an older song, she can. If she wants to sing a new song, she can. If she gets up here and raps next week, I'm going to be fine with that. It's going to be okay. We'll get through it. Amen. Let's just enjoy the presence of Jesus and say let's worship him in spirit and in truth and see if he shows up, and I promise you will. The Bible says he will inhabit the praises of his people. It doesn't say he'll inhabit the praises of a certain style of people. Hymns are good. Amen. I love a good old hymn every now and then. I've been listening to some of them late, lately with Mackenzie's brother. I've been listening to him preach and uh, even listened to him sing last night. And they're they're doing a revival online, and I I just enjoyed it. A bunch of little young kids, you know, they're teens and twenty year olds, and I've enjoyed it because they're singing some of them old songs. And I was just like it's awesome to get a set and listen to it. So if the taste of music's the only thing different, we're in pretty good hands. We're in pretty good shape. It's time to move forward. It's time to believe in the next generation. It's time to believe in the future generations. It's time to believe in the past generation that we can say, yes, they may have experienced different things than me. Sister Rose is here today. We love you, Sister Rose. And her sister Joanne and all those saints that we have around us, we can learn from them. 
I promise you this. If you'll take up your cross and follow them and chase behind them and say, teach us something, give me nuggets of truth, I promise you they want to do that. They desire to do that. They need you as much as you need them. Love God, love people. It's a beautiful thing when I've seen, you know, pre-COVID, Dusty used to take the youth group out to Sister Joanne's and they'd clean up her yard and, you know, just help her with things in the building and sort her building out and doing different things, mow the grass, do whatever she needed done. And to see the smile on Sister Joanne's face, and I think they even had her dancing one time, and I was like, really? You're talking about bridging generational gaps. It can happen if we want it to. Amen? If we desire it to. If we seek Jesus and ask him to bridge these gaps that divide us, I promise you he wants to more than you. So as I look through this article, and we're just about done, the things that's changing with this generation and some of the things that's there, prior to previous generations, that this generation that we're going into right now, they're at it toward, toward uh, different races and groups is diminishing. So prior generations has had a hard time getting over racial divides. And you can go back and study the civil rights and things that happened in the 60s and how divisive it was. But today, this generation that we're living in is okay getting along. And that's a good thing. I believe when this scripture that we read that our Heavenly Father wants to send the spirit of Elijah to come back to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. I think that old-timers don't want to go through that again. I think people that went through the 60s and lived through the 70s and seen where the destruction happened and people shooting people because of the color of their skin, I think there's a generation out here today that can look back to that generation and say, would you like us to replay that? You want to hit repeat? I think that generation say, absolutely not. Learn from us. Don't do it our way. It didn't work. Let's call together today for unity. Let's pray that our Heavenly Father would do that for us today. If you want to read a story about that in the Bible, go to John chapter 4. And there was a woman, as Jesus was walking through and heading towards home, it said he must needs go through Samaria. He went there to teach an entire city that God unites and don't divide. And as he sits there on that well and he tells his disciples, go on and get us something to eat, I'm going to sit here and the woman we know, the woman at the well comes up and she, uh, and she does. And it's supposed to be women is not allowed to talk to men in that day, in that culture. And, and Jesus looks at her and he says, give me a drink. And she said, well, why are you asking me for that? Jesus said, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask me for a drink. She's like, you ain't even got a bucket or a rope, man. Come on. See, sometimes when we look at the outward appearance and we think Jesus is a certain way, we have no idea the power that he possesses. And this woman looked on his outward appearance and said, you ain't got a rope, you don't have a bucket, and you can't fix what's wrong. How many knew her answer was sitting there that day on that well? She had no idea. She thought she was coming for water. But he said, I'll give you everlasting living water. And it'll bubble up from the inside of you. And it's going to cause a change to happen such that you don't know anything about. 
And he told her that you'll worship on this mountain and Jews will worship on that mountain over there in Jerusalem. And it's going to be okay because our Heavenly Father is going to unite us as one big umbrella. And religions can come together under. And we can have these divided denominations if we want them. But guess what? If we will seek God while he may be found, he will unite us under an umbrella to say that his church is one big church. Methodist doesn't matter. Amen. Assemblies of God doesn't matter. Christian church, it doesn't matter. Catholic church down the street, it doesn't matter. We're all one church. Jesus unites just like he did for that woman. He forgave her sins. She had a lot of them. She said, I've been married, you know, and, and I, way too many times, and I, got, I don't have a husband now. And he said, neither, neither do I hold that against you. In the same way he didn't hold her sins against her, he won't hold your sins against you. If we will seek him and we will ask him for forgiveness for our divisiveness. Because her mindset was Jews can't meet with Samaritans. We're not allowed to talk because we've always been told not to talk. We're not allowed to be together because we've always been told let's divide according to cities. I said that at Easter. Even Lewis County sometimes can be divided. But God doesn't desire that. He seeks us to come to, He asks us to come together and unite around a common purpose and stay under the blood-stained banner of Jesus. And let's leave our world a better place for those little folks. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me today. Most of the things that I've read about this generational gap thing says that the number one method to tear down barriers or tear down gaps or walls or divided petitions between generations or races or anything else. They said the number one thing that needs to happen is communication. And I believe when this Old Testament ending says that God will turn the hearts of the children towards the fathers and the fathers towards the children, whenever we look at each other, and we get around each other and we talk to each other, we'll find out that we're a whole lot more alike than we might have even known. And I'm going to ask us as a church here at the bridge, we're going to bridge these gaps that we're talking about. Whenever you get around somebody that you don't know, or maybe you get around somebody that you've heard some bad things about. Open up your mouth and begin to communicate and present the gospel of Jesus to them, not in a browbeating way. If you'll begin to testify about how good God's been to you, even unsafe people know what you're talking about. And it will bridge and it will tear down those barriers. And it will open up hearts to be able to receive the things of God in this generation.
And I want this to be our prayer this week. For God to help us to turn towards each other so that we can hear each other. So if you know somebody from a different race, if you know somebody from a different country, if you know somebody from a different region, a different state, pray that God would open up your heart, that he would turn us towards each other so that we could hear each other. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and that you would restore the spirit of Elijah upon our generation. God, that you would cause us to unite and not divide. God, I pray that you would allow this week for opportunities to come for the people sitting here today that's making this decision within their heart right now to say, God, I want to be part of a solution and not part of the problem. God, I pray that you would give them opportunities to speak to people that they need to speak to. God, that you would help us unite amongst generations, amongst races, amongst ethnic groups, amongst anything that divides us, God. Let us tear down those walls and let us love people the way you love them because you are Jesus and that's your will for our life. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everyone says, Amen. Amen.